We're in the middle of last week uh, discussing whether or not there's a chiv to listen to parents when it's not direct servicing. Is it under COVID? Is it under, you're giving them nachas? Is it under murder? Is it none of the above? Uh, while we were discussing that, we got into the issue of, I just mentioned this is a side point, it's something we'll get back to in a number of different subsugias, but I, I want to drive home the point because it's an important point and I always know how important it is based on the shilas I get, or based on the pushback uh, and the surprise. So, uh, first of all, I knew that Steve Rubenstein Shlomo was still listening when he called me after I commented about the steak again. Uh, <laughs> he said, could he, he left me an email, he says, I bet that everybody thought I wasn't listening anymore. So uh, he sent me this very interesting, just a round off, where when we get back to Hilcha Shabbos, we really have to go back to it, but it's not going to be for a while. He quotes uh, this famous uh, world chef, Anthony Bourdain, am I pronouncing it right? Anybody ever hear of him? Is that uh, the way to, no one's going to admit it? Okay. So he says, he's known for his uh, expertise and his candor. Uh, it's just it's very interesting, I don't know if he's right, but... Uh, um, I didn't say he was. I didn't say he was from. Anyway, never order your meat well done. Now this is we know this is Shlomo's opinion. Uh, this is a huge nafkamin as we mentioned for the definition of Macham and and Mavushal Kotzach. The Gabi Shabbos putting it back in the blach and all the other nafkaminis. But he's um, this fellow Anthony. Despite the fact the optimum way to serve and eat meat according to the chefs is medium rare, even rare. That's a big nafkamina. What's the middle madriga be, between well done and uh, medium rare? Just medium. Medium. Okay, so they're not even entertaining that. It's got to be either rare or medium rare. Which again, it's not termicina, that's my point. Borden sheds light on what happens to those people who request well done steak. <clears throat> now, he's not going to go through the laughter in the kitchen and all the other things. He has an interesting uh, mitzias. Saving for well, well done is a time-honored tradition dating back to Kazin's earliest days. Which means the industry depends on those people like me. Uh, who order it. Meat and fish cost money. Every piece of cut, fabricated food must ideally be sold for three or even four times its cost in order for the chef to make his food cost per cent. Which means the markup has to be there and you'll lose your profits if you end up wasting part of the animal. So what happens when a chef finds a tough, slightly shanky end cut of sirloin, which we don't eat anyway, but that's a different shayla, that's been pushed repeatedly to the back of the pile? You can eat it if you trade her. We don't do too much in that country. Some smart are doing it. He could throw it out, but that's a total loss. Or he could save for the well-done customers. <laughs> I thought this was, uh, this was interesting. Uh, so we serve a purpose. Every, everything, in, everything in the world is doing something for the industry. Serve it. Somebody prefers to eat his meat or fish incinerated into a flavorless, leathery hunk of carbon. Okay, that's one man's opinion. Uh, again, it's not Terami Sinai. And they're different madrigas of burning things. Uh, the nafkimina, the reason we, we got into this subject, we were talking about the fellow who was taking out his father to prime grill. And he had asked the Shailah, my mechit, to do this. Remember, this is the highlight of his father's week. And uh, to his credit, he slept all the way there, picked him up, brought him back, and spent uh, two, three hundred dollars a week. And it was adding up. He could well afford it. His Shailah was, should he be doing this? We pass him Shalav. And the answer is, Achiev, certainly not. But it's a tremendous chus. And I'll just throw this in, uh, not an advertisement, I don't, uh, it's not my safer here, but I happen to know the author for many years. Uh, this um, is from Rabbi and uh, Rebison Samet, who lived in Matzah, his son was just here, he dropped off 10 copies. They're a very nice art scroll, 
if you want to pick one up, there's 10 copies in a box for $15. And he has wonderful halachas and very nice uh, stories on uh, various aspects. I will have the safer at home. I haven't had the chance to really go through it, but I'm sure the few I've seen, I'll get a chance to quote some of them over the next uh, five months or so and examine them because they're true and I have many stories of my own and the true stories are more exciting than uh, anything you can make up. Uh, one thing I have to see when it just dropped it off, fits into our sugya very well, about a fellow who was a big masmid in a tamachacham, and he was uh, in his 90s, he was in the hospital, and uh, he was um, still, his head, his head was still there, but he was in the hospital for whatever reason, and was there long-term, Leolainu. And a friend of his had been visiting and met one of the children. It's amazing this is, this is true, but... Um, shows that if you don't think something through and not machshiv what uh, mitzvahs really are and so they keep it up in, you can make some serious mistakes or some serious uh, omissions. So the fellow bumped into uh, one of the children and said, by the way, your father loves learning so much. Why don't you get him an MP3 player with Shearm? This wasn't an advertisement for mine. And uh, let, him, let him listen to it. He'll get such hanor from it. can concentrate in the safer. I don't know what the matzah was. So the child answered off the cuff, you know, MP3 players, things in the hospital, they get lost. So the friend of the father didn't let them off. He said, how much is an MP3 player? $15? $20? So five of them get lost? Ten of them get lost? Chance a person who's holding and learning and wants a chance. So what they really meant was, uh, whatever it costs, uh, you know, I don't really want to show it out. So are you mechuyiv too? Can't ask the father to pay back. So the answer is, Mechuyev, we pass him Mishalam Mishalam, but that's bad. And the friend was nice enough to gently point out that that's not what Takosh Baruch had in mind. So, same thing with this prime grill. You don't have to do the whole thing. It's expensive. You can't afford it uh, for $12,000 a year a lot for some people. This guy was handling it. It's a question of, well, is this going to get done if you bring it up? The answer is, he told me no. If I even tell him what I'm spending, he's not going to come. Certainly if I ask him, so why would you want to give up a schus like that? So we're going to have, I'm sure, some more, more stories like that as we go along, and it's going to depend on a lot of circumstances of uh, what the children can afford and what the parents can afford and how easy it is to get the money and get reimbursed. And you've got to use the fifth shulchan aruch, like in any area of shulchan aruch, certainly when it comes to keep it of aim. Uh, one more maisa, which I, uh, Baruch Hashem, came across in the Chaznish, that somebody told over and I, I know who it was who said this Misa. Somebody said that there was a fellow who traveled at great expense to see the Chaznish. He was Loyalenu, uh, given a, uh, a uh, psak, was informed by a doctor that uh, he had something very, very serious and that his years were numbered. And he came to the Chaznish for an Eitzah, Brocha, what do I do? So he started telling the Chaznish. The Chaznish asked him in the middle of the sentences, how much did you spend to get here? It was a very, I think it came from his source. He obviously was very poor, and whatever the bus fare was, it was a lot for him. So he told him the amount. He says, I don't really understand. So you come to me, Suffolk, I'm going to tell you something, I'm not going to tell you something, I can't give you a bracha, I can daven for you. I have a better idea. Instead of spending money over here, you have parents? He said, Yeah, my mother's alive. So he said, Why don't you spend it on your mother? That's a much bigger schooler. Pasik promises that Rikha's Yemen. Can you imagine? That was the Chaznish's soul. And the fellow said, okay, that's what it is. Then that's my Eitzah. And he went back. He lived a long time. He ends the story. Uh, he was very poor. And whatever Chaznish was saying, like, what would you spend in the Eged bus? Uh, two, 250 uh, liras? It wasn't shekel then. But 
if you don't know this whole background, that's against the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch says, we pass him Mishalab, but Mishal Ben. He says, Chasnish, knew the Shulchan Aruch. And he said, we're not talking about what the Chiv is, we're talking about Zchusen. Just an interesting, I'm sure we'll have more of that as we go along, uh, but I want to go to the last page of the copy we're in the middle of to just finish off the subtopic of what's included in the COVID, the Yira, listening to them, and I, this is a short mamakam, but I want to end with this because I want to show you the Rav Osner and Shevet Levi, like most poskim in my estimation, hold that if your parents ask you to do something and it's not life-changing and too difficult, then you should do it for the Chaznish's reason, Gizdam Nachas, it's undercovered. For the Sefer Machna's reason, it's under Yira. If you disobey them, it's like arguing with them. Or, even if you don't agree with any of that, then you hold there's no particular chiv. It's a good thing to do, because why aggravate your parents? And that's going to be the bottom line of here. The Shevet Levi takes a pretty strong position that it's really a chiv Medina. And he has a more benign, we talked about uh, spouses and chasanas and changing nusuch. By the way, a, um, a lady who, uh, who listens to the shiram, who uh, asks, always good shilas, uh, sent me an email today said she was wondering about last week's discussion about changing Nusuch. She says she doesn't understand. How difficult, difficult could it be to change Nusuch? Uh, girls do it all the time. True. So the answer I sent back was that it happens to be that that's not a Shaila. Here's a Shaila. Is there a chid? Let's do a parent that's not servicing, it's not covered, it might not be Yira. Is there a chid in the first place? And it's difficult. So then you can decide how difficult is it? Abayashra says it could be very difficult. They weren't brought up that way. It's embarrassing, it's uncomfortable, and there's no, might not be a chid. And therefore, if you want to do it, Matev Manam. And the son in our story did do it. The grandchildren was the Shaila. This is an important lumdus in Minhagim, in changing Minhagim. The chuvas bring down that when a girl grows up in the house, the minute of her father is not really her minute. She's keeping it because that's the minute in her house. But whatever she's keeping, it's a date to the Masacha, she's going to get married. Whatever she's doing is a date to the that she's going to keep her husband's menhagim anyway. So it's not a shayla house, a mutter to switch. You were eating a box and I eating a box and all these. Yeah, I marry a Friday and you're eating now rice. And how do you do that? The answer is it's not, not, not even a change. They look at it as that was the assumption. So there it's not a choice, so it doesn't make a difference if it's uh, slightly more difficult or less difficult. It wasn't a shayla. That's the real answer. Husband can be meichel if he wants, and I had the shayla so far uh, twice in my family. Four daughters, two out of four, and this is fine. That's about the ratio. Usually it's three out of four, and this is fine. So um, if they want to be, when the, the minig here, minig, a lot of people buy machzarim for their kala, depending when they get married. So when one of my nusas fired uh, Edim brought a uh, machzer, I saw right away, I have an eye for these things, I saw on the outside, he said, Samach, 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 Samach. <laughs> so he didn't think he was going to get away with that. Um, I had to get used to it. It took me a minute, and okay. <laughs> what do you do? So she davened us, and now it's fired. I knew that was coming. I didn't, uh, I knew that before they started going out. He's a very good boy. I didn't, I certainly wasn't going to say no, because he davened us, it's fired. <laughs> what? So all the Masarim had a Samach on it. Well, I didn't, well, that, was, uh, that was coming. And she, w- so it happens to me. He said, I don't really care. I want to have an Ashkenaz. You could have, but well, she's probably going to end up, uh, I mean, I know Rosh Hashanah Kippur took his place on Cheshulah. She's having this as well. Unless she takes one of my Masarim, in which case she'll be back to uh, what she was doing. So if he doesn't care, she could really do what she wants. That's true. So 
But it's not a change. I'm saying it's not a shaila if the husband wants to dab and say nusuch. It's not the same shaila. Here's a shaila. Is this included in kibbutz and yira? Some person say yes. Some person say not. Some person say yira not kibbutz. But there's not a shaila. The when she grows up, the assumption is she's going to be taking on the menhagim of her husband. That's important. Then sometimes it makes people feel uncomfortable, and it's not uncomfortable. Just you have to expect it, and that's it. That's the way it is. If he wants to be meichel, they don't have to eat rice. If he I had one case, uh, a lady, I don't blame her. She said, I, I, I'm from uh, not only an Ashkenazic uh, background, we're Hungarian. I, I can't eat rice. It's not going to go down. Okay. <laughs> so if your husband is smart, uh, he shouldn't force you to eat rice. But there's nothing wrong with her eating rice. You've got to check the rice for other additives. But, so it uh, depends on the matzah. You can always be my What? The minute is if you want to eat rice, then you can no, I've had some not too intelligent husbands who pushed the agenda. Ah, uh, they said they they took it as an affront. You married a Friday? Uh, I'm not making. I'm not. I'm not trying to poke fire. I've had Ashkenazim with this issue also. Is this, you married me? If you're not eating rice, it's not because you don't like rice. It's because you're not machshemam and hugim. I've had all sorts of uh, interesting characters. Uh, so you have to know we're not to make a fight, and rice is one of those categories you don't make a fight over. But. That was pusher to me is not always pusher to the shayel, so I try to explain it to them. Okay, so that's just a, a difference in how the uh, the minig is assumed to be uh, uh, the shalshos of arm, what she will be taking on later. Let's go to the shevet alevi asher shaal. Following shayla, the middle of the page on page three, copies. coffee. His parents, probably his mother, but uh, Jewish mothers are more focused on this. But his parents told him. I don't want you drinking coffee. You have seven cups a day. It's giving you the jitter. It's not healthy. And too much of anything is probably not healthy. No, he's got a big problem. They told him they don't want him to drink coffee. Like, I want you to take vitamin C's. Now these parents want him to cut out the coffee. If it's a clear hezek, and the doctor agrees, that's interesting. Bavada is a strong statement because there are Peskim clearly who hold that it's not Vadai and he has no here to listen because it's not under cover or year. But he holds, like the Chaznish does, that uh, it does go under and if they're not crazy and the request is normal and grounded and there's a good reason for it and it's not that difficult, he finds it difficult, but medically he should be doing Neshmaratam anyway, so then he has to listen. Smoke. Smoking would be the same thing according to our Vosner. Uh, every time I speak for Bachram, that Shaila comes up. Of course, they always raise their hand. They say they have a friend who has the shayla. They want to know if the parents ask them. Every parent usually tells them, I don't want you smoking. And then the shayla is, which we didn't get to yet, in the balance of kibbutz of aim is also with lifni evilus mikshul. And if you know that the kid can't be amibin isayim, the wisdom of saying it beferish, is the jury still out on that? But let's assume he didn't get hooked yet. It's before his first perm. When he's by mitzvah, you tell him, whatever you do, don't try it. What's wrong with one cigarette on perm? The answer is nothing wrong technically with one cigarette on perm. The doctor, you will agree, one cigarette won't hurt you. The Chavaz Chaim is too right, Paul He was my kind, keep it away, and he kept Lashon Hara very carefully. He said, who gives you a right to get addicted? Right, so I'm saying it's not the one cigarette on perm. It's You talk to most bathroom and most adults, they started with the one cigarette on perm. That's usually where it starts. So that's the dangerous Shabbat. So you have to know your child. If it's an Isayan, but he might pass it, then you could try... The Shevet Alevi will hold it's dangerous to get hooked on it, and therefore you can answer it. But the Peskim that say it's not under the cover of the year will hold it's not. So when the Bachem asks that Shayla, I tell them there are many Peskim, Chazni, Shevet Alevi, many in between who are Machmer. And the, and the Machmer holds it's under murder. This, that's this figure. It's not servicing them, but it's aggravating them if they think you're smoking. So 
So it's certainly not a feather in anybody's cap if they're smoking, which many peasants can say is awesome in the first place. And even like Amesha, who says you technically can't answer it, wasn't happy about it, and then you have a Kibbutz of Aim issue also. Uh, the only kids I met that don't have a Kibbutz of Aim issue in this department are the ones that have fathers that smoke heavily. And they don't usually answer it on the kids for some odd reason, which I haven't figured out yet. Um, but otherwise, most parents will not want their children smoking. Is there a so it's Nine cups. I assume the case over here was it was out of control. I don't know any parents are telling their yeshiva bacher son don't drink coffee before for a seder. I assume I don't know the case, but I assume there was something uh, where the doctor said it was it was getting serious. The main lamp seba rakshakachem reisim, but if it's not a very good grounded reason, so it's interesting. You see how machmer is being. He's saying if they have a seba, you have to listen to them. If they don't, then it's machlekes what the ritva meant, which we saw inside. How to read this ritva in Yavamis. And he says, maybe if it's under Yira, says the Devreim, the sheet as a whole says the Devreim, not Bafanov is Mutter, and therefore over here be Mutter as well. Mashankim Bafanov, Shemitztairin, Shaivrin al Devreim, in front of them. They're, they're drinking coffee. Right in front of them. That's Mamish going to cause them sire. At least to do it, do it in a way we're not going to see it. Grima Sar, Bifne Atzmoi, who is her? So he definitely holds that it's under. At least a year, and probably also COVID, if it's a good reason, and even if it's not a great reason, if it's not life-changing, and the question is how difficult it is to stop. I couldn't resist the next uh, piece that I put in brackets. It has nothing to do with Kibbutz Avayim, but it's uh, Bashert, it's in the same tshuva, and it's significant, it's in the Shevet Alevi. Shevet Alevi had a pretty high Mishra background. So to say what he's about to say, Litzarenu, that's an interesting word to start with. Litzarenu, he's very upset about the Matzav. Harbeim Azazlan Bamir Tachlan. Many people think that, like in the Gimel Averis, Ramiris, this is say Tachlan when you don't have to. And there's any stuff that who you should always try to avoid it when possible. And he says that's a problem. Nobody disagrees with his uh, stance on this. I believe. That's important. I get the Shaila a lot. I had the Shaila for years. I was davening at uh, Landau's and Flappish. Uh, quite often I popped in there for Mincha and they, the shtibol, they didn't say Tachna and I always had the quandary. So I wanted to say Tachna. So I knew I was going to say it, the Shailu, which I say before Aleinu or after Aleinu, and that's uh, not Pashat. The, the biggest mile in Kayach Tachna is no hefsik whatsoever, you say it straight. By the time I finish my essay, usually holding by Aleinu is a Kaddish anyway. So I ended up saying after Aleinu for that reason and also because I want to make a tumult. If the punny people saw me go down, and he says just that, that there's no load this guy to do, and if Alpi Din, you have a right to say it, then you could say it. It's going to start World War III, maybe find a different uh, shtibol to daven in, but uh, there's nothing wrong with trying. If you're in a place, uh, Muncie, a vision in Satmar, where there really is often a bris going on, it's just a big community, and I have a, a, a bris, there's really a bris, so then happy then you don't say it. That's not, that's not a problem. The problem is, is that uh, they're, if they don't have that and they're relying on a calendar of yard sites that cover 304, or 310, or 320 days a year, that's where it gets a little sketchy. And then you... That's where? By the Sheva Levis? No, Landau, there are many, many, they don't say Tachem by Mincha at all. Where that came from is that by the later Mincha, they often daven after Shkia. And even though they hold it's not after Shkia, because they're relying on Rabbi Matam, but Api Kabbalah, we don't say it after the Shkia Sanir, the sun sets. So once they didn't say it then, they made a little plug and didn't say it all, except for Mincha Gdele. Many say by Mincha Gdele, because Mincha Gdele is always at 1.30 or whatever it is, that for sure, that's not included in the little plug. That's where that minute came from. Amaisa, if, if your rov holds, you should be saying Tachlun, then Shevel Levi, who had a pretty high background, uh, Linda Chachmah Lublin, 
held that uh, it's not a problem to let this guy do this. I thought that was, thought that was interesting. Uh, I, I knew it before, but I didn't know he held it. Yes? People are in, living in Flatbush, people use Rebbe as a writer. They should say that when they're minion, and they should say it after that again. After all I know. I'm sure they do, because they saw me many times do it. But I do it for two reasons. Number one, if Leitz is going to do it as a problem, it's safer to do it then, because then everybody's filing out. He says it's not me, then Leitz is going to do it. And I also do it logistically. It's going to be a Kaddish and Aleinu, and I'm not standing for Aleinu. So um, there's what to rely on if you want to do it right away, depending on when you finish, but uh, you're okay if you're doing it afterwards. But yes, uh, you don't have to bring... Uh, it's not such a... A great deal. They they saw me doing it uh, many many times, so I'm not surprised that okay. that's the conclusion. But that's that's fine. That's probably what I would tell them. Being watched. And that uh, that uh, that I uh, I figured out uh, for good or for bad. Yes. In a place where they don't say tachanun, is there anything wrong if you you don't say tachanun or uh, if you? He holds. You should say it again. If they're not saying it and they have a good reason, no, which is hard to figure out. Is there anything wrong if you just follow that minhag, or is it incorrect if you? It's incorrect if that's not your persuasion and you don't wear a guard on the shrine and don't belong to that kehillah and don't do everything else, all the other hummus, which is usually the case for everybody here who's dropping in for mincha. So, uh, what? what? I went often there, but I, I, I was the rub of a different shul in the neighborhood and that wasn't our minute. I was just a good way to catch a mincha before things got busy. So, what? Not really. Not really. It, was not, it doesn't fit in with the rest of the. Uh, uh, that you follow in every other area. So it's not a, again, this is only when it's not when it's not as legit. I'm not saying it's not legit at all, but it's not as legit. You got to ask a shayla. Legit is a bris. If it's a bris, there, there's no tachron, even though it's yeah. What about the minimum of let's say after shabbos? So that's legit. Mishabura calls two sheetas. We say, you know, it's amazing. Uh, I got, every year, I only get like 30 people asking, visitors, non-visitors. They say tachron here, like there's no sheeta like that. It's like the Mishabura quotes the first sheet, the, you know, the Mechaber and the Ramal. Don't mention that they, nobody leaves it out. And then Mishabura quotes the sheet that holds, yeah. But <laughs> it's so interesting how in this, in this environment you have to defend the sheet that is the Stam Mechaber and Ramal, which is always interesting. Even though this particular one, in Eitzisrael, they follow Menegagora and they don't say it. And, uh, many sheets, but you, you don't have to defend if you're saying it, that's for sure. Okay. Yes. Yes, that's why there are, there are a number of things pulling it. What's pulling to say Tachanon right afterwards is the Kaya Chapikabolo to say Tachanon right afterwards. But there are a lot of halachic issues with, with saying Aleinu with the zebra and standing and then the Kaddish and then all sorts of other. And the possible that is going to do, which Vaznal is not a problem. So there, there are a lot of competing factors here. Okay, I'm going to introduce the next one. I'm not going to give out the form, because by the time I do, we'll be out of time. Um, if you thought that last topic, uh, subtopic, was a little sensitive, uh, this one gets even. Uh, uh, we didn't even get to the uh, Machaber yet. I'm just trying to cover the uh, basic understanding of the hierarchy and the Kibbutz of Aim. And the next two parts I want to cover over the next couple of weeks is the hierarchy of the mother versus the father. Um, I already got emails asking if I'm going to talk about this and I'm, what am I going to say? <laughs> so I, my answer is I'm going to say what it says in Shulchan Aruch, uh, which is always a safe thing to do. And all the other later Rachmanim went well, and this din didn't change. As I do want to point that out, that people could have a havamina that well, you know, the relationship, the husband and wife, might be different, and uh, it is it is different sociologically, but that doesn't uh, change the din over here. And this will come up in some very interesting circumstances. Some of them good, some of them natural, some of them not too good. 
Uh, those are the three categories I'm divided into. And then the second uh, subset in that same theme is going to be where you have a steer between uh, parents and in-laws and the shibud to the husband when she is not as mukhiv and kibbut or she's not as capable of doing it because of her shibudim to her husband. And I will announce again, that doesn't change either. The, the, she still has shibudim to the husband, even though the marriage today, from a sociological point of view, might, well, from the view of many, might be more on even keel, but that doesn't change the din. And uh, that's important to realize, and there's nothing that's not uh, for women, anti-women. This is just this is very important, and it's very nogea. Uh, I'll throw out one scenario which I'll use just to examine, and we have already many uh, real cases uh, where it's a problem with his parents versus his in-laws, meaning her parents, and where the shibud goes. Uh, these are all very emotional, sensitive shayas. The good news is we have tshuvas galore, Pischechuvas and Mahaber and Nisikalim, and there's a lot written on this, so we don't have to uh, we don't have to guess, which we never which we never do. The um, the husband uh, walks into the house uh, one fine day, and the kid, uh, the son, is sitting there peeling potatoes for his mother. And the father walks in, did notice, didn't notice. Most fathers walk in after a day work; they're oblivious what's going on anyway. He says, uh, "Quickly, Chaim, can you come help me change the tire? Jack up the car." happens to be sitting there peeling potatoes for his mother. What does he do? What does he say? Does he say anything? Does he march out and jack up the car? And here, I'm giving a good example already where the father didn't countermand the mother. He did, but he didn't know he was. He just walked in, and he was wrapped up in trying to jack up the car. He didn't realize the mother had asked him to peel potatoes. That's already good. For parents to put their kid in a crossfire is obviously insane and ridiculous, and you should never do it, and it's done all the time anyway but that we'll get to later. I'm talking about a relatively benign case. So think about the potatoes in the car overnight, and we'll uh, start looking at the mountain chemist tomorrow. And you can tell me a question afterwards, and we'll, uh, 